Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
What a song. What a song. The Who, ladies and gentlemen, classic band. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. I'm Rory Sauter, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all. Uh, we have been off for a couple weeks. Uh, no shows were on air last week, uh, the last time we were with you. Um, I believe was, yeah, it was two weeks ago. Um, as always, um, the show just keeps evolving, keeps growing. We keep getting better and better. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, uh, I, I can't say enough good things. I'm beyond satisfied, uh, beyond blessed. Uh, here we are, episode 260, uh, almost three years of doing this, 25 different countries, 70 online platforms. What a, what a roller coaster. What an amazing adventure. Um, you can't write something this good, you know, and um, I'll tell you, the way we mesh and the way we resonate and uh, the chemistry, uh, you know, we, it's amazing. You know, all the guests, all the co-hosts, uh, everybody on the panel, you guys offer so much value and insight every episode. And, you know, I, I want to thank you for that. Um, obviously, I want to make the announcement um, that Salem Radio, uh, I was supposed to start there, um, you know, the, either, the, either this past Sunday or this coming Sunday. Unfortunately, uh, the studios are still closed. That's on hold. But the minute the studios are back open in Arizona, I will be doing my first show at Salem Radio, which is the biggest political station for AM in the country. Uh, you have people like Sean Hannity, Mark Levin, uh, Sebastian Gorka, Hugh Hewitt, um, Dennis Prager, all do their uh, their broadcast on there. So, but the opportunity of a lifetime, you know, it's something that uh, you you know you can only can only dream. It's just it's a dream, it's a dream, dream, dream. Um, but yeah, so guys, stay tuned for that announcement. Um, I should know more here this week of a definite uh, you know start date uh, at Salem. Uh, probably from what I'm hearing, uh, within the next two weeks. Uh, that's especially with how Arizona uh, is opening back up now, uh, at least majority of it. I mean, we're, we're, doing, we're doing pretty good. We're doing well. Uh, there's obviously certain things that still uh, need to be addressed and issued in terms of uh, opening, but, you know, that, that's, that's, a, that's a different, obviously, subject matter. Um, but, guys, I'll tell you, a lot's been going on. Um, I want to say thank you to all my guests, my co-hosts, my sponsors and audience. Um, you know, I've, um, this whole last week, you know, not being on the air, uh, you know, it's really, uh, it's weird. It, it's odd. You know, it takes me out of my livelihood. It takes me out of my routine. It really takes me out of, uh, something I've, I've become so, uh, you know, accustomed to and, and, and something I've strongly adapted, you know, this, uh, and it's a real treat being able to shine my light and uh, give my insight and, uh, you know, spread this message across the entire world. And, uh, as I've told everybody, I'm in this for the long haul. Rory Sauter uh, wants to be the future. You know, he wants to be in radio uh, for as long as he can. You know, th this is something that I was born to do. This is something that I was, you know, given uh, naturally as a gift, and uh, I'm going to capitalize on it. You know, I, I want to utilize uh, my potential to the fullest extent. And, uh, you know, it's crazy, guys, and I talk about this, you know, often, you know, uh, I never planned to be in radio. You know, it just kind of happened. You know, it was one of those things that, 
I think just like most things in life, you, you find something that, that you're talented at and, and something that you're an industry that you're gifted in. And, you know, I, I think it's uh, something that you, that you stick with because, you, you know, you know, everybody has, uh, you know, their own advantages. Everybody has something that they're, you know, uh, really qualified at, you know. Also, everybody knows my main uh, job, my main profession is I own an app development company. We build apps, which apps are the future. Everybody, uh, you know, pretty soon every business will have an app. Majority already do. So, you know, I, I, I like to, you know, I like to do things and, you know, I don't want to get too off topic here, but I like to involve myself in, in various industries, you know, putting money in real estate, uh, making a ton on the stock market. Um, I'll say, but by the way, that reminds me, dude, the stock market, with everything that's going on, the stock market is still, you know, with the stocks I've picked, I, I'm still doing pretty damn good, to be honest with you. Uh, and then I want to get into a whole segment on that tonight. But, um, yeah, guys, um, and I wanted to also mention uh, my media site, uh, which we are building. Uh, it's done, actually. It's just doing some final touch-up. Uh, we wanted to uh, have it, uh, you know, as modern as possible. We wanted to have it as evolved as possible and, uh, you know, a lot of updates, a lot of different things that needed to be added and customized. And so uh, I will be launching that uh, tomorrow or Thursday, uh, the next N-E-X-G-E-N-U-S-A.com. And as everybody knows, it's been down for about a month, um, you know, because I wanted to kind of revamp the entire thing. Um, so, yeah, so definitely excited to re-release that. You guys are going to really love the uh, the new the new platform and how it's, you know, kind of set up. Uh, definitely uh, pretty awesome. You know, I, I spent a lot of time on it. So, okay, guys, 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 I want to welcome to the panel. Um, I believe he's with us. Uh, he's had a hell of a career. Oh, and by the way, before I introduce everybody, um, I hope everybody, you know, I hope you, I hope you're doing well. I, I hope you're staying busy. You know, I, I hope you're not paying attention to the whole fear mongering media. Uh, we're getting through this and we flatten the curve and, uh, you know, props and 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 I get I give high props and high praise to all the people that uh were responsible you know uh, during this very it's a confusing crazy scary uh, so many different emotions apply to this scenario and, and and the time we were we were facing um and in a lot of ways I mean in, in a lot of ways it is pretty much to the end but in a, a lot of other ways it's not so uh we got a lot to discuss on COVID-19 tonight but I want to welcome uh, he's had a hell, he's had he's had a hell of a career. Uh, retired Army paratrooper. Uh, he's worked in the White House. He's also going to be running for office quite a bit um, in the future, uh, and he's all, he's ran in the past as well. Uh, Todd McKinley, good friend of mine. Welcome back to the show, my friend. How are you? Hey, Roy. Glad you're back on the air. I appreciate it. Yeah, and um, you know we're we're here locked up still in Tennessee, but we're going to come out of it very soon. Uh, you know, don't don't believe all the nonsense that you're hearing. Don't believe all the the BS that's out there. Uh, go out and do your own research. Find your own facts. Uh, you know, we'll get through this thing together. We're going to be strong on the other side. We're going to reelect Trump this coming November, baby. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Amen, buddy. And what, what's new? What's been going on? What's on the agenda lately? Well, I've got I've got the uh, well, I've got my little podcast. I'm recorded a few shows so far. Uh, re- recorded with the Tennessee uh, Republican, or excuse me, Libertarian Party chairman uh, today. I've got a uh, Brandon Martin tomorrow who's a candidate out in Arizona's 2nd District uh, running for the U.S. House. And then I've got uh, a candidate for Tennessee State Senate, a guy who flew for the 160th Special Operations Aviation Regiment this coming Thursday. 
and then by this weekend, I'll be ready to basically edit all of those things and put them out as a podcast. Right now, they're right on my Facebook, uh, the Todd McKinley Commentary, so you can go watch the videos there. But, yeah, just kind of working on a podcast right now and a few other things, uh, waiting to get back out there for the president and vice president once they start traveling again. I love it. And, uh, you know, you're, you're really uh, tapping into an industry that, uh, you know, is very, uh, very useful, very, very beneficial and, 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 and very common and popular in today's society, podcasting. You know, you see all these people that can capitalize on their brand and, you know, keep evolving, uh, you know, their, their situation. And it's a really a great Absolutely. way to reach out, reach out to the masses, you know what I mean? And connect with them on that personal level. And really, you know, uh, you give great value. So I, I know you'll do a fantastic job. And, and if you think about it, you know, what, what you do and what other people do that do these podcasts, you know, you're bringing on people that are, you know, leaders in their community and, and in their states that wouldn't get any exposure uh, through, you know, the national media like Fox or whether it's any of the other mainstream channels out, that are out there. Uh, so this, this is a way for people to kind of, you know, get the message and, and, and really know who, who's out there and who they should support uh, versus just supporting just, just a few of the big wigs, if you will, that are pushed at the, at the national level. Amen. Amen, brother. Well, absolutely. Uh, very glad to have you here tonight with us. Uh, a lot to get into. Uh, I can't wait for your opinions and, uh, you know, all your thoughts on everything. Heck yeah. Looking forward to it, Roy. Um, I do also want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. We have U.S. congressional candidate from California doing a lot of big things right now. Good friend of mine, James Bradley. What's up, buddy? Hey, Rory. Uh, live and well here in this lockdown state of California. Um, Commun- Communist know. California, dude. That's right. And I'm running against the uh, communist dictator, Ted, Ted Lou, trying to take him down at the knees. But, uh, you know, we also got some bad news today. Uh, they extended our stay-at-home order into the end of August. I know. You know, and it's, 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 it's insane. You know, Arizona, obviously everybody knows I live in Arizona, and Arizona has lifted uh, quite a few restrictions. I know barbershops, restaurants, dine-in are back open today. But currently I'm broadcasting from Palm Springs, California. And, you know, I, you're, you're right, James. I heard that news today, another three months, and I'm just like, good God. I mean, this is, this is a third-world country uh, dictatorship, the way this governor's trying to orchestrate things. I mean, you know, Palm Springs is obviously pretty damn conservative, but, uh, you know, and, and there's not a lot of issues down here. Uh, but up there, I'll tell you, you got you got a lot of a lot of stuff on your hands. I'm looking at the business owners. A lot of business closures now going BK. I'm trying to get a list from each of the cities that I'll be representing to find out what who's positioned to do chapter seven or eleven. So this is this impact people are not aware. This is the death nail. You know, you might as well sign R I P for California with this little uh, news that came out today. Plus, I'm also, uh, last Friday, our Governor Newsom signed an executive order saying that he's going to move to have all mail-in ballots for November. So think about that. What happens if you do all mail-in ballots? And we know the, the, the brink of the corruption in the fraud in the electoral system is mail-in, especially California. So he's, but he, that's the ace card. If he mandates it, he's waiting a 30-day for the counties to weigh in with their their comments and suggestions but he'll override that you know make it mandatory that all uh voting will be done through mail that that came out last friday 
it's it's go. it's absolutely it's absolutely you know just it, it's so disgusting. I mean, it's beyond corrupt. It's the biggest abuse of power. And you know, you have to wonder: is is Trump going to get involved federally? Uh, is there anything he can do? Because uh, these you know, governors at this at this point they have too much power. And we all see what they spend their money on and what their narrative is. It's very radical. It's very hostile. It's divisive. It doesn't benefit anybody in America. Uh, you know, it's, we're, we're, it's crazy. Well, you know, Trump's he's a very smart gentleman overall. I think it's five-level chess game that he plays. Uh, yeah. He looks at California. He looks at it, one, you know, they're going to – I mean, many different thoughts and strategies perhaps. He knows he'll never win the popular vote. So maybe he's thinking – I don't know. I've never had a conversation with the POTUS. Maybe he's thinking that we'll just let it get to the worst possible state, and, and then he'll write in as the white knight to save the day. Don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. It, it, dude, I mean, it, you know, it's one of those things where – and these assholes in places like California, we're going to get into a lot of this tonight, but they want bailouts. I mean, look at what, everything they spend taxpayer money on, and then, you know, they, they try to get mad at Trump when Trump wants to interfere – you know, with something that's un-American that's going on in these states, but they then they go beg to him when they want bailouts. I mean, you know, it, it's just crazy. They try to say, you know, we're, we, we're the states. We should be able to decide our own thing. Well, yeah, well, then stop asking for money. I love it, yeah. You know, we knew, we knew that was coming. We knew that this last election yeah. when Governor Brown yeah. was still in office, he, he I claimed he had a, sur- a surplus. And we knew, I mean, those that are in finance knew there's two books. There's the real books and the cookbooks. We knew there's no way in heck there was a surplus in the books. Finally, the good thing about the pandemic is really they have to. They're forced to really almost open the books. Now we're like 59, if not, it's growing, $59 billion in debt. He's already done the reach to the feds for the, that money. I haven't heard the update on where they're going to be with it. I don't know if they'll ever get the funds, but we'll see. We'll right, see. right. No, absolutely. Well, well, James, I'm really glad you could be with us tonight. Um, definitely a lot to get to. Uh, I can't, I'm excited for your opinions, your insights. Uh, a lot, you know, definitely a headline after headline. It's it's been quite the weekend and quite the week so far. I'll tell you. Exactly. And uh, and James, um, tell everybody. Yeah. Um, I know you're running a campaign. Tell everybody where they can uh, get involved with your campaign. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at Bradley Congress, B-R-A-D-L-E-Y, congress.com. Take a look at the website. We're actually redoing it again, obviously. Uh, we'll be setting up a virtual town hall to, uh, as the crises save our, our district. That'll be coming up this week. But yeah, go ahead, go to that website. Check out a little bit. It's kind of thinly veiled right now, but we're going to be putting a lot of meat in there. Uh, really, we're, we're, we're taking no prisoners right now, Rory. And uh, we're gearing up for the war. I love it. I love it. Well, stay with, and I'm going to get to you right after opening rants, get your thoughts on everything. Uh, But really, as always, glad you could join us. Very good. Um, I I also want to welcome to the show, I believe he's with us to make sure uh, we have U.S. congressional candidate from Florida, Eric Aglier. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on, Rory? How's everything? Uh, it's going very well, man. I'm glad you could be back with us. Um, how's everything with yeah, you? No, what's you new? What's the latest? 
Man, lots of things here in Florida. That's one of the things we've been uh, attending quite a bit of the freedom rallies here to go ahead and open up the state a little bit more from what I've seen. I travel all over the district, so I've been to Fernandina Beach, uh, St. Augustine, Jacksonville. You know, businesses, they're doing their thing. They're doing their social distancing. They're marking things in there. They're being responsible uh, with what they're doing. So I don't, I don't understand why we can just go ahead and open it up a little bit more in there. I mean, we, we need it. We can go ahead and see that the economy needs it, right? And right now you yeah. probably have seen the news that the Democrats are trying to put this, shove $3 trillion more into debt in this country. So, wow, just lots of things on there. Hopefully people wake up a little bit more here. We need to open this up and get this economy running again. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, really glad you could join us tonight. Uh, very excited for your thoughts. Um, and also, I'm going to get to you after opening rants, but tell everybody where they can get involved with your campaign as well. Yeah, so my website is uh, Eric for Congress. Uh, Eric is spelled E-R-I-C-K-F-O-R, congress.com. Find a lot of information information in there where I stand on the issues. And, of course, I'm always welcoming for, for feedback. I love it. I love it. Eric, um, Glad, as always, Glad you could be here. A uh, lot to get into. Thank you, sir. Um, I also want to welcome, I believe he's with us. We have political commentator Chris Collins. Chris, what's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on, Rory? Yep, I'm here, buddy. I'm here. I'm alive and I'm kicking in the middle of the quarantine nation. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my guy right there. What, what's the latest? What's new? What's been going on? Give me the give me the four one. Well, you know, man, I've been watching everything all week, and just like your previous guest was talking about, I'm looking at this three trillion dollar package that Pelosi's putting together right now, and I'm gonna just hold my horses and say they're not gonna put anything outrageous in it, like free food Lord help for, us. God forever. Help us. <laughs> 500 bucks a month. Everybody gets $2,000 a month now. Have you heard about this? Have you heard about it? Oh, and no, and now this bitch is having secret meetings. This bitch is, and she's, did you hear the reports today? She's writing secret things in the bill that she wants to put in there. And there, I mean, this woman is the most, she and Hillary, she and Hillary are no different. They see the exact same level of corruption. It's crazy. I don't know what your educational background is or anything like that, but I've heard that this work, this document that they're creating, this bill, this law, this this raping of the federal treasury, whatever you want to call it, is like hundreds of thousands of words. When was the last time that you could ever put together something like that? It's almost like the Democrats have some master battle plan that they've been organizing and creating for the last decade. That now they can say, finally, we can mobilize everything you've ever wanted. There it is. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I feel like we're living in a twilight zone, an alternate universe. Like, you know, I, I when you when sometimes I read some of these headlines. I feel like I'm reading parodies. I mean, I, I can't believe how naive and gullible um, pe- some people in America are. I mean, uh, you know, the way people view uh, this well, whole situation. You know, you know. With what's happening right now with the current climate and the coronavirus, it would only be something of this epic level of proportion to take the spotlight away 
from what conservatives and people on the right have been calling for in the media, which is an outing of the deep state for trying to sell the election and orchestrate a silent coup, and no one's even talking about it because of the virus. Absolutely. No, you're, you're, you know, you're Fox News is talking about it. We're talking about it, but we always talk about this stuff. This is where the real information now is getting traded. It's not at ABC or NBC or even my old employer, CNN. It's on a network like Livecast USA. 100%. No, I agree. I agree, absolutely. Um, I'm really glad you could join us tonight. A lot to get into. I'm going to get to you after opening rants. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'll tell you, man, it's going to be quite the night. All right, I look forward to it. I'm, I'm here. All righty. Um, everybody, uh, here we go. Uh, the Rory Ranch, you know, uh, I will get to the small stuff, and then obviously we will get to the main headline news, which, as usual, for the last few months, it's COVID. Um, it's dominating the headlines. But uh, let's start. I'm going to start with um, – I'm going to start with Joe Biden. Creepy, sleepy, you know, I don't know where I'm at, Joe. This clown, this senile fool, is the biggest hypocrite on the face of the earth. I mean, and, you know, and the way he plays this whole double standard. You know, this guy, last year, we all remember how he maliciously, you know, just attacked uh, disgustingly, just went after Kavanaugh and, uh, you know, tried to say the whole bullshit narrative of believe women, believe all women, women. And, you know, it's, it's like you, this is what politicians do when it doesn't pertain, when it doesn't pertain to them, when it doesn't, you know, involve them. It, 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 they play the blame game, you know, and then when it's time to face the music, they deflect. You know, Joe Biden was this whole feminist, supposed feminist warrior for uh, female rights and, you know, get, gets put on this pedestal. Uh, and then there's, you know, women that uh, were, especially Hollywood, Me Too people that were orchestrating, uh, you know, those sort, those, the people that orchestrated those groups and established those groups. Uh, you know, they, they went after, obviously, people, Republicans and, and, and people like Kavanaugh. But when it comes to Joe Biden, a lot of these people are defending him and saying that this female, Tara Reid, who, who used to work for Joe Biden, uh, I, I believe it was in the 80s. And let's not get this mixed up. This is not the actress, Tara Reid. This is, uh, a, um, you know, a, a political uh, staffer. And uh, she's been saying the same story for several, several years. Um, you know, and, and even filed police reports, uh, made documentation about it. And um, Joe Biden is, is sure is hiding a lot of stuff, scenario. You know, uh, the University of Delaware, um, apparently there might be some complaints or some filings um, with, with, from this Tara Reid woman with these allegations going back to all these years, but he won't release them. And he promised to disclose them after his uh, vice presidency. Never did, though. Kept them sealed. I mean, if you if you're so worried and you got nothing to hide, then release them, bro. I mean, because because you because you know, 
And the way you can't answer straight questions, like in these MSNBC interviews, for instance, Mika, whatever her name is, Brzezinski, uh, Joe Scarborough's girl, uh, you know, actually I'll give her credit. She actually gave him a good interview. Uh, And he, to be honest with you, uh, you could tell by the way he responded that uh, this was not an innocent man. A lot of deflections, a lot of minimizing, um, even blaming, even blaming and not even giving this woman credit, um, you know, for coming out and telling her story. Because we've seen the Democrats for the longest time. All, you know, if, if a woman comes out, she deserves to be heard. So, you know, you got a lot of these people in the party that um, are turning a blind eye to Biden. But I do, but they're all also Me Too supporters that are calling him out, and it's dividing the party uh, because, you know, they're, they're seeing the facts. They're seeing what's really going on here. And, what, Joe Biden now has, what, eight accusers that have came forward? And this isn't, you know, a, 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 a shitty or, or lacking uh, victim here. This isn't like Ballsy Ford that Garth from Wayne's World chick that, I can't remember, I can't remember, I can't remember. We all remember that disaster from the Kavanaugh thing, the, the liar. No, it's not like that, because this woman, Tara Reid, actually had her mom call into Larry King in the 90s talking about this. And there's, there's stories from best friends. There's tapes from back in the 80s of Tara Reid talking about this. It's not like she just came out of left field came out of nowhere and made up this story uh, for political purposes. And don't forget, Tara Reid is a feminist. She's a radical left Democrat. She has nothing to gain. I mean, there's nothing here for her to – it's not like she's an anti-Trumper. It's not like any of these floozies or these smelly slobs that have came out in the past like uh, Stormy Daniels. It's not like that. This is actually, um, you know, this is real. And it's not going to just be ignored. You know, it's going to keep being pressed. And you can tell the media, especially the mainstream media, they hate Trump so bad that they're trying to not report. You know, they'll report it once or twice, but they don't repeatedly do it like if Trump were to, you know, do something like this. Because don't ever forget, the last election cycle, this is all we heard about was grabbing Trump saying on tape from 15 years ago, grabbing females by the pussy. Locker room talk. You know that's one of the funniest things. I'll tell you why this is so funny. I've heard that's, – that's like rookie level compared to what I've said and what I've heard other people say. Grab them by the pussy. That's nothing. I mean, politicians talk like that on a daily basis. And that was the – think about that, though. That was the worst thing. That was, that was the most um, – uh, that, that was that, – think about that. That hit me better with, with trying to sink him, you know, before the election. They, their, their answer – that was a, was a tape. Uh, the whole PC culture bullshit that, you know, they've tried to make America into this whole sensitive place uh, didn't work. Uh, you know, Trump obviously won the election because uh, we're sick of people uh, blowing smoke up our ass and telling us all this bullshit and uh, not, not fulfilling on the promises. You know, we didn't hire Trump uh, for, for, you know, and we're going to talk about his past with women. We, you know, even though Trump is a great man, great family man, uh, we know he loves loves his women. Uh, what guy doesn't? Uh, what guy, you know, uh, with that sort of uh, situation and lifestyle doesn't have that playboy mindset? So, and in reality, we didn't hire him for his morals. We hired him to run this country like a business and make our economy the strongest it's ever been and fulfill promises like he did. He did exactly what he said. First time ever a leader 
has delivered uh, to this extent. 80% of promises delivered within three years. Again, that's 80% within three years. 80. Most presidents after eight years don't even fulfill 10%. This guy's a machine. This guy's something straight out of heaven. And, you know, John Boyd uh, made a really good point the other day, and I love John Boyd, by the way. Great actor, Oscar winner, uh, conservative, uh, doing a lot for the veterans, uh, really giving back to the community in such a strong way. Um, you know, and, but he came out and said the, the, the amount of evil that Trump has had to face and what he's had to endure and what he's had to, you know, uh, get himself involved with is like any – we, we've never seen anything like uh, – you, you, you can't um, – you can't even write a, 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 a horror story this bad. I mean, you, you see how every single day he gets harassed. Every single day he gets threats. Every single day uh, people go against him. Every single day, uh, you know, wh- whatever it may be, he overcomes. Uh, you know, the, 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 the terrible situations. It's like it doesn't even phase him. It's like it doesn't even bother him. You know, this whole impeachment thing, he just kept working. He just kept doing his thing every day, you know, obviously communicating with us on Twitter, which I love, directly uh, giving us interactions, um, which, you know, I think is so important and useful and constructive, especially with how dishonest the media uh, is in our current society. Now, I mean, look at the media leading us down this whole bullshit impeachment road for, thir- for three years, $40 million wasted. You know, it, it's scary. I, I don't want to get too off topic here, but, you know, he, look, he's had to go after all these different countries that have taken advantage of us. He's had to go after the globalists. He's had to drain the swamp. He's had to expose Hollywood. Um, he's had, I mean, you go the Federal Reserve, there's not one person he hasn't taken on. And China, who has ever taken on China like this guy? And pay your fair share, fair share to all these cocksuckers who have been sucking us dry for all these damn, these damn years. And, I mean, it's out of control. It really is. You know, and um, I'm just glad, I'm glad. You know, and, and Trump ma- makes it very clear. And, and he's very straightforward and upfront about this. He built the greatest economy once. He'll do it a second time. That, that, that's the kind of powerhouse, and that's, that's the kind of um, profound machine that, that he is. You know, you, there, there's nobody that can do what you can do. Miracle worker. An absolute, you know, and, and we'll never have a president like this ever again. So enjoy it, enjoy it while it lasts. And, and, you know, going back to this whole Biden thing, just to close on this, um, and, you know, I've talked about this on my show for the past several weeks about these allegations because Tara Reid has been out there. Um, but she's even you know, said she'll take a polygraph, a, a lie detector test. I mean, and, and she'll testify. No problem. But why won't Joe Biden? Why is Joe Biden, you know, trying to be silent on this? And Bernie, you know, there's, there's, Bernie supporters are not happy with this. Neither are true feminists. So it's going to be interesting. We're going to have to see where this goes. And I am going to bet money that uh, more females come forward here in the coming months or even the coming weeks. Uh, Biden, you know, he's a pervert. Just go look at a couple photos, and that's the uh, character uh, you'll, you know, you'll see of Biden. Just that one of those people 
that thinks that he can get away with whatever he wants because he's a lifelong politician and he's never had to, you know, do anything for himself. He's had everybody cater to him and he's protected. It's crazy. Um, so, you know, here's something. So Twitter is, is literally, actually, no, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to Twitter after I'm going to get to Twitter after, um, I want to talk about this real quick. The postal service, the postal service is a, a very, um, trending topic recently. Uh, a lot of people are bringing it up. It's being put, you know, uh, addressed in various ways. Uh, obviously different pundits have different views on how it should be handled, you know, but let's face it. I mean, they want another bailout. Uh, they've got so much. I mean, they, these people are not hurting like they say they are. And if they can't perform and if they can't compete with people like FedEx and UPS, Trump's right. I mean, you know what? We're living in a time that's than, than ever before. You know, uh, the U.S. Postal Service, if they don't get their act together, uh, we may have to leave them in a the past. Uh, you know, you can't, you can't have this sense of entitlement if you're this business that's been around for all the, all, you know, I get that their mindset, you know, they, they think they're one of the, you know, you have to, you have to agree that they are obviously a a strong commodity, but they, they basically think their shit don't stink. They think they need to be protected at all costs. And you know, that they're not used to uh, uh, having to fend for themselves, you know? So um, I think with their competition, uh, it's, it's another thing that's going to be interesting. Uh, what, what what's going to happen? Um, yeah, but I just kind of wanted to touch on that just a little bit. Um, Facebook, you know, Facebook is out of control. Um, they are at war with conservatives at every cost. Uh, it doesn't end. Whether it's deplatforming somebody's show, uh, whether it's their biased uh, fact checks, which basic this ideology entails. They don't. They, yeah, it's all. It's all opinions, these people. And it, it's, not, it's not that it's hate speech when they try to deplatform you or remove you. It's simply because they don't agree with you. And they don't want other people seeing the truth. They don't want, they want, they, what they really want in the long term is a communist China situation where they can control and monitor everything you access and everything you say. And what, but we're never, we're never going to get there, but that's what they would love in a, in a utopia, in a in a universe that you know is, is never you know never ending, and um, you know where they could have their ways all day every day, that's what they have. That exactly. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. And places like Twitter are now going to, if you talk about the Chinese virus or say anything opinionated about it, they're going to remove your tweets, and that includes the president. So big tech, and I've talked about this on my show many times, big tech is one of the biggest threats we face in the future, if not the biggest, considering how much they control. Where do, do you, how often do you see people read the newspaper these days? Not as often, very little compared to how, how they get their news online. How often do you see people, you know, do transactions online all the time? How often do you see people just buy everything? I mean, everything you need is on your smart, uh, smartphone and online. You know, so this whole, uh, you know, and the influence. I mean, everybody 
in, in, in today's culture, you don't see notepads. You don't see pieces of paper anymore. Everything pretty much in every industry is, is based on tech, the new product. What's, what's the new thing? So when you have, you know, these billionaire companies that are way ahead and so, you know, uh, advanced, sky's the limit. It's something we need to watch for. Uh, we need to put some sort of um, legislation, um, you know, in place to, to help this. It's scary. Um, so, um, yeah, let's get in. Let's get into this right now. Let's get into this right now. Let's get into the whole Ahmad Arbor Arbery killing, and everybody is talking about this. It's the talk of the news. Um, a lot of unanswered questions. A lot of unanswered facts. You know, what did we see really? We saw, and I'm not. I'm saying what happened. I, I'm saying what happened is terrible. But I'm also saying that there, something, certain things I don't think add up. I'm going to say, first off, why the hell if if the story was this guy was just going for a jog, why was he running in khaki khakis? I jog every single day, and I don't run in khakis. Uh, second of all, why did this guy match the description of recent uh, illegal activity going on in the area? Third, you know, obviously the video kept cutting off in and out, very blurry. There, there At one point, and I don't know who initiated, I don't know how they're going to, you know, uh, go about this in court. But you see the the black man uh, attack the guy with the gun. Why the hell would you attack a guy with a gun? I mean, I, if your life's in danger, I understand that. But what if it's what if it's a different scenario? What if it wasn't that? And why you know why aren't more people carrying guns to to protect? If if this actually was a targeted hate crime, malicious, why the hell? Like like a lot of people brought up the other day, this man, this young man, and, and I feel I, I feel terrible. He should have been having a firearm to protect himself. I don't care what color, what creed you are. It's your right, at, as part of the Constitution, to protect yourself in, 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 in civilization, in this country. And, you know, we have a problem when the first thing the media runs to is race. They, 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 they automatically assume without doing any sort of investigation. Look how wrong they were with Trayvon Martin. Look how wrong they were with Michael Brown. Look at how wrong they were with all these different various individuals. And then they attack the then they the media attacks the cops. They they create this divisive narrative. Um and it doesn't benefit anybody. And I to be honest with you, after everything we've seen with how we've been tricked and duped with you know little clips of videos I think it's too early. And my other question, why the hell were they sitting on this for months? This happened in February. Why all of a sudden now? In my opinion, this may be a distraction. And look at where it happened, Georgia. Georgia was one of the first people to open their economy with the corona, and they have some of the lowest numbers ever. And then they released a video months later of a shooting that involved a black man. I, I just think 
I'm not going to get too much into the whole conspiracy thing because I don't, I'm not that kind of guy, but there's just weird, it's a weird, weird, weird time. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of things that are um, awfully odd about this. And, and, and think about the shooter. The, 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 there was a son and then there was the father, and the father worked for the district attorney. I mean, that, that's not an easy job to get. You know, you got to be pretty qualified. You got to be pretty uh, well trained, and 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 you know, so weird, guys. Very, very weird. Um, and and I do, you know, I I, I want to really, yeah. I, I, I these these are terrible. These should never happen. But we see how often the black on black crime happens. And nobody ever says a word about that. And majority of black deaths are caused by other blacks, like over 90% of the time or something. It's, it's a large number. Um, so, you know, and it's just, if you, it's like don't half-ass something. If you, if you want to call the play, then call it 100% of the time. Don't be that shitty, crooked ref who pretends he doesn't see it. And, you know, call out the entirety of the problem which is the violence. I'm just sick of the, and all this does is divide. You know, it's the perfect narrative for people like CNN and MSNBC too. What two white men go after black guy, but two black guys went after a white guy. You wouldn't even hear about it. And that's just the facts. That's not mean trying to justify, minimize, nothing like that. And this man probably, you know, there's a really good chance he, this black man was innocent, but I don't know for sure. None of you do. None of you, n- none of you know. You know, everybody has their own opinion. That's what it is. Um, you know, arrests were made the other day. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in court. with um, Michael Flynn. Michael Flynn. This whole Michael Flynn situation. Wow. I mean, we talk about how corrupt the FBI is. We talk about how... Uh, backwards you know these these clowns uh have become i mean they have taken our government hostage um and we all know if they're guilty of these few crimes then they're guilty of millions of others that we have yet to hear and we will hear uh we just haven't heard yet but so all the stuff is going to come out and uh you know it's like for these people in the higher-ups in government, it's like a drug for them. Once they take a little bit, they want more and more because it, it's, they're feeding off of it. They're getting higher and higher because they're getting away with it. It's like a, it's a feeling. Think about it. People like Peter Stork, people like Jim Comey, people like Brennan, you know, they, they, they're invincible. They think they're on top of the world. You know, they, they never expected that Trump was going to come in there, clean house, and drain, drain swamp to this sort of level. They are scared out of their boots right now. You know, you see what they did for, with Flynn. They made him lie. They, it was a, perjur, a perjury trap. A perjury trap for Flynn, and they tried to trap Trump as well. Knowing that this dossier was bullshit bunk paid for by Hillary Clinton, Christopher Steele was also paid. He couldn't clarify uh, the source, uh, if it's reliable. Neither could Glenn Simpson. They all said it was bullshit, they knew, but they went along with it anyway. And they, you know, they got that FISA warrant 
with with illegally. It, it was a coup. It was an absolute coup. This will go down as the biggest political scandal in history. It makes Watergate look like nothing. You you had an an incoming administration being spied on by the current administration in there that was getting ready to leave. Susan Rice, James Clapper, Obama knew what was going on. Obama had a vengeance for Flynn. Because Flynn, when he worked for Obama, called Obama out for his bullshit on various things, and Obama was not happy with Flynn. So then, you know, they went out of their way and destroyed this man's life, along with many other people. Don't forget they framed Papadopoulos. They framed Carter Page. All on hearsay. But Hillary Clinton, all day long, and everybody else, visible, clear, sufficient evidence to prosecute these people, but nothing happens. Crickets. Nothing in hearsay and opinions, and they go after and destroy people's lives in the Trump administration that did nothing wrong. I mean, what the hell are we dealing with, people? Anybody, I don't care what your political affiliation is, you should be livid by what the way our government hides things from us. They hide them. It does not end. And did anybody see, did anybody see, and Joe Biden is the biggest conflict of interest here. He admitted, he admitted to being in the meetings when they were briefing Flynn. And he was in meetings around Trump. And you're having this guy run against Trump now, who was involved with all of Obama's scandals? Wow. And then, and then, I mean, and it all, it, it, all the roads lead back to each other. I mean, they all do. And, and, you know, here's something. And, you know, they, it, it, and if, you know, Mueller, Russia, Ukraine, it, everything they try and do is to destroy Trump. Nothing has worked. So then they, the last resort was getting him trying to ruin the economy with this virus, which was purposely um, released by the elites, by the Chinese government. All these And these Democrat politicians, I say it time and time again, in D.C. have so much foreign ties with China. And they, are, they definitely – some of them orchestrated this. You're telling me out of a Wuhan laboratory, one of the most highly – secured places uh, for a science laboratory, you're just, it's just going to get out, roam free? Give me a break. And why did, China, why did the WHO, the World Health Organization, I want get to get into this right now. Dr. Fauci, I mean, did anybody watch these whole uh, testimony, his hearings today? What a joke. This guy's part of the deep state. This guy's as corrupt as can be. He's on the Bill Gates boards. Uh, many various ones. Uh, he's pro-vaccination. Uh, Bill Gates is paying him constantly. Uh, definitely part of the deep state. Uh, Fauci has been a swamp creature 30, 40 years. And the WHO, the, and, and Fauci's in bed with China, Bill Gates, and the, the WHO defended China. And Bill Gates defended China. And the WHO, 
you know, China asked the WHO not to delay the declaring of the coronavirus. So we could have saved all these lives, but instead China didn't want, you know, wanted to make it so it would hurt us more and it would badly affect us, so they purposely delayed it. And, and we have given the WHO way more money than China. It just doesn't make – it's the weirdest thing. We gave the WHO hundreds of millions last year, and gladly Trump cut that off. China only gave them what, like 30 or 40 million? Like it was, it's like in the whole mandatory vaccination thing. You know, we don't know when a vaccination is going to be invented, number one. Number two, what the hell is in it? I don't want anything going in my body that has to do with Bill Gates. And Bill Gates is so, you know, he, he's so prone and, and, and he talks about these, you know, uh, these vaccinations so common and, and, and so like they're so wonderful, but he won't even do it to himself or his own kids. How about he goes first? We all know what he does. He goes to third world countries and he tests his products on, you know, the less fortunate. And then he wants to see what they what the outcome is going to be. And then once they work, he gets involved with all the pharmaceuticals. He gets all these back end um, it's it's the dirtiest thing on earth. And how does a guy that you know builds computers all of a sudden become a specialist in medicine? It's ridiculous. And then you know, as usual, when we try to make Bill Gates take accountability, and he's not the only person responsible, but he's one of the main dudes behind the scenes. You know, when we when we call when we call these people out, we're called conspiracy theorists. It's disgusting. And now. I mean, Los Angeles and some other parts of the country are saying Los Angeles today said three more months. I mean, these, this is communism, what they're trying to do to us, um, to everybody. You know, thankfully, I don't live in L.A. Screw that place. It's a, it's a rat, rat fest. Um, a lot of issues up there. Um, you know, but uh, and just the politicians have destroyed it. But, guys, I mean, you, you're going to literally – I mean, more people are dying from suicide and dying from the flu and dying from, you know, I mean, there's, there's uh, domestic violence is up, divorces are up, um, you name it. All the bad things are up because people are being taken out of their everyday routines and traditions and how they used to live their life. You can't take a society like America, you know, out of what they're – they're used to out of their structure you know this is the country of the working people of the working class and you know it, it, it's at one point at some point and we're already starting to see this around the country people are just going to keep opening people are not gonna you know uh we're, we're not like other countries we're not gonna bow down uh to these bureaucrats to these communist uh government leaders that are trying to you know and, and, and the whole uh, corona thing, um, it's a zero 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 point five percent. Like it's a like you have a better chance of, in a lot of ways of being struck by lightning than dying of it, unless you're elderly or if you have you know a weak immune system. But it's it's the flu is more detrimental, and we don't even talk about that. And other things are being ignored, like cancer treatments, like allergies, like other things that happen every year. Because the media narrative and the obsession with the population is so fixated on COVID-19. And don't forget how many hospitals are empty right now because of the lack of COVID-19. I mean, it's not – it's so much fear-mongering. 
that it, it's not even funny what what they're trying to do uh, to the people. Um, you know, and, and, and think about everything that's going on. You know, I'm reading about convicted child sex abusers and murderers are getting released from prison because of the corona scare. Imagine, imagine that, how easy it is for people just to, yeah, yeah. We're talking about people that have broken the law to the highest degree are walking free. And then there was just a video that surfaced the other day on Breibart that showed a bunch of inmates gathering together, sharing cups and sharing spoons, and doing that on purpose so they could all catch the coronavirus. And guess what happened? A couple days later, several were infected and several were released. Can you believe that? What kind of society are we living in? This is like a movie. I laughed in embarrassment when I saw this video. I'm like, these people, I'm like, I've seen it all now. I've seen it all. I have seen it all. You know what? It, it, there, we've got such a, uh, a problem with the rule of law uh, in this country um, with, with these Democrats. It's disgusting. Um, the coronavirus fatality rate, it was, just came out. It's 10 to 40 times lower than the estimates, than the estimates led to lockdown. So the estimates that were leading to, to us locking down, I mean, the projections are, are so much lower than what they thought in terms of how the severity. So, you know, as usual, pretty much all their predictions have been wrong. They over-exaggerated this entire situation. They made it look like the apocalypse. They made it look like Armageddon. They wouldn't quit. These people are sick. You know, and, and that's sad. We, you know, and, and what's the new normal? Every year? Are we going to shut down, scare everybody when something small like this happens? I'm not saying that it's not real. I'm not saying that people haven't died. But people die every day way more from other things. But you don't hear the news talking about it every second. It's crazy, man. Um, and, and in suicide, like I said earlier, the suicide rise is crazy right now. There's going to be more people that are dying from suicide, according to a poll in Australia, than there are from the actual virus. Listen to that. And places like San Francisco, you know, California, you know, by the way, San Francisco used to be such a beautiful city a long time ago, but now it's like a third world country. I mean, you've got shit all over the sidewalk. You've got needles everywhere. You've got tents everywhere. It's a sad sight to see. But anyways, their solution, they're all run by Democrats. Let me remind you, these, these geniuses, they're putting homelessness people in hotels, and enabling their problems by giving them pot, booze, and drugs. That's right, people. And their excuse for doing it, so they don't leave the hotel and spread it more. Well, that's a pretty shitty excuse to me, because if somebody has COVID and they walk out in public, I mean, you really can't stop people from living there. It's the weirdest thing. So, And there's more of a chance people are going to die from the overdoses from you, you know, feeding their addiction than from the actual virus in these shelters, in these places. I mean, I, I can't believe it. So then I'm reading, uh, you know, look at all the unnecessary hysteria of all these people thinking that things are crazy. But in California, they want to be shut down in the biggest city in California, L.A., for the next three months. But 50%, what they're failing to report, 50% of the deaths in California are from nursing homes, 
are from the people that I said it affects the most, which are the, which are the elderly. You know, they, they generalize the whole narrative and say, Corona is death, is fatal. Everybody stay inside. Everybody be very careful. Everybody, they don't, but they don't get into specifics. Too many people rely on the media. Too many people. I mean, there's a lot of people that have woken up too, but I'll tell you guys, we're living in a, a, a time that, Jesus, guys. And the whole, meanwhile, while all this is going on, you've got the whole vote by mail scheme. The vote by mail scheme is being pushed all over the place in, in, by governors run, run in blue states. The vote, and we've seen the vote by mail, how that works. Uh, since 2012, there's been almost 30 million ballots that have gone missing, according to an article by Breibart. What does that tell you? The Democrats know the only way they can win is by cheating. They can't win an honest, fair election. There's no way. They're screwed. That's why they, you know, they create these victim mentalities, and they, the more boxes they create, uh, the more powerful they become. They want to do the whole chicks with dicks thing. They want to do the 100 different genders. Uh, you know, they want to put people of different colors in boxes. Um, you know, they, they want to do all these different uh, – I mean, I, you, you know, you, you guys know. And it doesn't end. It does not end. These people, you know, and, and illegal aliens, they use them. They use the, the hardworking men and women of this country. There's no platform in the Democratic Party for them anymore. The, the days of the moderate are gone. You have no JFKs left. You have no Joe Lieberman um, in that party. I mean, they have gone to the Trump side. They may not agree with everything Trump does, but it's a, whole, it's a hell of a lot better than communism. So, um, you know, it's, it's interesting right now. It's very interesting. And, you know, I saw a really positive poll the other day, and I'm very optimistic, along with most of the country. Uh, 80% of unemployed people say that layoffs uh, are, are only temporary. Uh, people see the economy bouncing back stronger than ever before, uh, a very just slight disruption, um, not something that we need to, uh, you know, panic about in the long term. Uh, you know, we have a leader uh, that knows what he's doing. Uh, it can get us results very quickly. And he's got one of the best economic uh, people in charge ever in history, Larry Kudlow. So I got faith. I got a lot of faith. Um, you know, so this whole – and I don't know what the future holds um, for this corona thing. And, you know, obviously various parts of the country have already opened in a lot of ways. Other parts are not getting on board, though. I'm seeing Wisconsin is extending it out a lot more time. Um, there's other places that keep extending it. And a lot of it – there's no purpose because the places that they're extending it, there's decline in numbers. And I'm seeing Andrew Cuomo trying to, uh, you know, say, you know, he wants to keep New York city shut down much longer. And, you know, it's easy. And this is what bothers me the most about a lot of things is that it's so easy for a politician to say, Oh, we're going to keep it closed. They're getting paid regardless. You've got a lot of people in this country that don't know where the next meal is coming from and are scared and they need to provide for their family. I'm very, I'm very blessed. I'm very fortunate. I'm fine. I'm comfortable, but a lot of America, you know, uh, they need to get back to work. You know, this isn't going to uh, fly. And, and we're already seeing 
um, the woman in Texas. Look at her salon. You know, opened it back up. Uh, a guy in New York City, a tailor, owns a tailor shop, opened it back up. So, um, you know, this is this is good though. This is good that we're we're getting back, um, you know, to our routine. But I don't like the disruption and the divisiveness from other from other areas, like I just said. So we need to all do this together. Um, you know, Trump is obviously giving the governors. Uh, most of the authority, even though he doesn't have to, you know, and, and, and I would say that if people like the slob in Michigan, the, the, the twat Whitmore, whatever her name is, I can't stand her, the communist, if she were, if they, if these politicians continue to abuse their power, these people inside for, you know, and they can't give specific reasons why, I mean, forget about it. Rand Paul, who's a doctor who got the virus, Went, went and, t- went and, and, and talked in court today and gave the exact facts of how this whole process works and how it's not what the media says it is and how we can, you know, we can protect the vulnerable, we can protect the right people. I mean, you know, just because other people are scared, and this is coming from me now, but just because other people are scared, why do I need to stop my life? What about, look at everything we've gone through, AIDS. Um, you know, uh, swine flu, Ebola, whatever it may be. Did we ever shut the economy down? So, you know, uh, it's it's a it's a very very um, t- it's going to be interesting. Uh, let's go to Todd McKinley. Todd McKinley, I'll start with you. Go ahead. Hey, Rory. Yeah, good stuff there. You unpacked a lot of things there. Uh, you know, the, the the Joe Biden interview the other day with Mika Brzezinski, who, mind you, is Zibit Brzezinski's daughter, who was the national security advisor for for Jimmy Carter, and he saw how wrong he was. Of course, she's in her position because of the, the familiar affiliation, obviously, as with most people in D.C. and New York, obviously. Uh, but you know, Joe Biden, you could tell he was obviously lying. And of course, uh, I think that the, the left knew this stuff that was out there all along, and they knew Joe Biden was just a weak candidate, and then they wanted to maybe basically put somebody up that they could have control, uh, or at the end of the day, basically push him out of the way after they got uh, Bernie out of the way, and, and basically put their own person in there whenever it comes to nominating their own candidate. Uh, you know, it, it stinks to high heaven in that party. And if anybody thinks that Joe Biden is, is innocent of this stuff, I mean, just look at what he does in public. I mean, right in front of everybody, just in the way he gropes people and all that. I'm like, you, you cannot honestly tell me that this guy is innocent of this stuff. I mean, you, there's just too much that's out there. Uh, so, th- so there's that. Uh, you know, you talked about the shooting down in Georgia. You know, and I, I did see a little video the other day, a surveillance video, that he walked in a, at least one or two work sites or something like that. Uh, now, I, I'm not saying that what went on was was right, uh, but I, I, I would like to see more more video of this, more more facts in, in that situation. Uh, you know, I, I think that those guys are obviously wrong and guilty as all hell, uh, and, and should not have approached this guy in that in that manner because he wasn't armed. Uh, but I, I would like to see, you know, from from their side of the story, you know what I mean? See see what, the, you know, the story is for, as far as what they have to say. Uh, you know, they're guilty of something without any doubt. But I, I don't I don't know the whole story down, uh, with regards to that. So I'd like to see a little bit more whenever it comes to that story. Um, you know, you talked about uh, you talked about so many things with coronavirus. Uh, you know, I, I do think that, you know, Dr. Fauci is, you know, he knows this stuff. He's a good he's a good person. And I, I do believe that he. Uh, he's trying to give the best advice um, with regards to what his job is. 
Uh, but his job isn't, isn't to necessarily give us the, uh, you know, give us political advice, if you will, or give us uh, any, any sort of economic advice. But I think he, he has been wrong on a lot of things. He's, he's pushing a, a narrative that's scaring a lot of people. You know, I think he should just say, hey, here's what, what, it, what it looks like based on the numbers and the facts that I have. Uh, but more than likely, this is probably, you know, the worst case scenario is not going to come to pass. And we're seeing that the worst case scenario has never come to pass in, in most respects. Uh, but we scare the hell out of people. We control people. We shut down our economy, uh, you know, which is outrageous the way we've done this, the way we control people. And what, what's going to happen the next time, uh, you know, or the next time that, you know, whether it's Democrats or, or Republicans, if they get too radical, uh, what's going to happen uh, if they decide, hey, we, we can we can scare the American people and say, hey, there's some virus that's worse than the coronavirus is out there. We need to shut everything down. And, of course, people just go along with it. Uh, you know, blindly, and you know, we we got to be careful with that. We 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 should trust but verify. And I think at this point, it, it's to the point where we need to go ahead and open back up. And if we if we need to, in in pockets, you know, shut things down. Let's do that as, as needed. But it looks like you know, for the most part, a lot of people have already had the coronavirus and they didn't know it, and they've already built up the antibodies. So you know, let's not scare the hell out of people and, and make everybody think that they're going to die just as, as soon as they get the coronavirus. It's like saying everybody's going to die if you get the flu. The flu kills a lot of people every year. That's absolutely true. But the vast majority of people that get the flu survive the flu for crying out loud. So we don't shut down our economy for, for, for that. Uh, so let's, let's just keep this in perspective as we move forward. And let's also be cautious and keep an eye on government. And a lot of this is, has, has, has been allowed to happen uh, by a lot of people just saying, oh, I have nothing to hide or, you know, well, I trust that they're going to do the right thing. Uh, the government, for the most part, uh, you know, there's a lot of good people in government that will do the right thing. But if allowed to, to you know, basically oppress people, uh, they will absolutely do so. More people have been killed by governments in the history of mankind than anybody else ever. So, and we, we've got to be cognizant of that fact and, and, and quit blindly trusting exactly. and, and, and thinking everybody's going to do the right thing. You're absolutely right. The government yeah. is not our friend. Right. I mean, yeah, it's absolutely right. Trust and verify. And of course, we've allowed our governments to get too too big and, and uh, out of control. So that so that now it's to the point where you know the American people doesn't have any sort of real, real say for the most part. I mean, we've had just just last uh, last few weeks, last couple of months, we've added three more trillion dollars to the national debt. Uh, you know, it, it, all because we have to basically pay people to stay at home, and now we're talking about paying even trillions of dollars more uh, to keep people at home. So pretty much we're, we're to the point where now the government's going to provide everybody with everything, uh, which the money doesn't exist. I mean, we, we, we don't have the money, period. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, if we're not, if we're not uh, producing, uh, you know, our, our, our country will, will without a doubt collapse. And, and we, will, we will be taken over by China if we're not careful, and any other country that wants to come here and basically push us around. So we have to be careful, and we have to balance you know, freedoms and liberties uh, with obviously being cautious. 100%. No, I agree. I agree. Did you have any other thoughts? No, that was it. I, I know you broke down a lot of stuff there, and, and it was really good. And I, and I know you get a lot of folks uh, here on the show that are wanting to get their stuff out there as well. Uh, but if everybody could take a look at, at Todd for House, that's T-O-D-D, number four, H-O-U-S-C. You can look, at, look that up on Facebook and on uh, Twitter. Uh, you can find uh, the Todd McKinley commentary through that. And, you know, the podcast will be coming out in the next few weeks. But you can go to the Facebook page, the Todd McKinley commentary, and, uh, you know, see the videos and see the stuff that we're putting out there. And it's only going to grow from there. Absolutely, and, and and correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think you commented on the 
Flynn situation. Uh, did you? The which one? Go ahead. The Flynn situation. I don't think you commented on that. Oh, no, no, I, di- I didn't. No. You know, here, here's the thing. You know, the there was nothing there uh, as far as Flynn. Flynn. Flynn was entrapped without a doubt. And I actually, a couple of years ago, I was sitting down talking to his, his uh, son. And, you know, he was just kind of laying out what the hell was going on. And, and, I, and I believe the guy. You know, so basically they threatened to uh, put his son in jail, essentially. So basically he felt obligated, as any, as any father would really do, and he pled guilty. Uh, you know, but, but at the end of the day, they, they entrapped the guy. They told him he didn't need a lawyer. They told him there was no investigation that they were going on. They basically set him up to, to basically fall into something. Um, and, and they, they had no idea what was going on, really. And, and of course, uh, they said, "Well, you said this and this and this," and it's like, "Well, you know, you you wrote you wrote basically in their 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 investigative notes. Basically, they think I'm telling the truth, which he was. But you know, he he didn't know what the hell he was even talking uh, talking about. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's like, hey, you're you're asking him a set of questions, uh, and he's answering to the best of his ability as far as he knew. And then at the end of the day, you're like, oh, well, you were a little untruthful over here. Well, the next thing you know, you're, they're threatening to go after his son. So the next thing you know, he's like, well, I'll, I'll go ahead and plead guilty. You know, it's, it's a whole debacle, and I, and I know I'm getting a little off, off track here. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, they had an independent counsel that came in basically and, uh, and, and looked at everything and said, hey, we're not going to prosecute. This is ridiculous. This was a setup. This was uh, you know, completely criminal. And now we're seeing all the documentation that's coming out, uh, that's coming out of these committees and so forth that's showing – that all these people have been lying the entire time. It was a, it was a complete sham. It was a complete make, made up. But the members of Congress, they're going to be exempt from ever being investigated or being tried and convicted. They're going to be safe and secure, and, and they're going to go on their merry way. And they'll have a few people at the lower levels that will probably take the fall, and that'll be it, which is sad. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. People are definitely going to face the music, though. Uh, Todd, I always they love have, your insight. They, they have to. Oh, oh absolutely. Oh, they are. They absolutely are. Um, Todd, uh, I'm, I'm glad you could join us. Um, I lo- lo- always love your insight. I always love uh, what you add to the show. Um, and what do you – I mean, in terms of Durham and Barr, I mean, uh, don't you think in the next couple of weeks we're going to keep finding out more and more information? Oh, we, we, we are. And if you think about it, you know, here's Durham. He's calm. He's cool. He's collected. He picks his words, and he, and he, and he uses his words, you know, very carefully. So he, he's not going to say something off the cuff. He's going to say basically what he wants to say. And he did that the other day during that interview. And then here you go. You had Meet the Press selectively edit his comment. And, of course, you know, that's the very definition of fake news. Fake news doesn't necessarily have to mean it's all made up. It can mean it's selectively edited. Uh, it's mostly opinion or what have you. And that's exactly what they did. He said something, you know, it's the winner's uh, right history. And then he then he went on to say, you know, you know, uh, basically, uh, you know, in, in this case, uh, you know, the, the what, what was what was the, the decision was was ba- based on facts. Uh, and I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but basically, you know, they, they selectively edited that particular meeting or that comment, that interview, uh, to to support their own narrative, to push an agenda. Uh, and of course, they got caught out on it. And then, of course, they want to say, "Oh, it was a mistake. It was, you know, it was our bad. We didn't mean to do that." They absolutely meant to do that. It, it was without any doubt they meant to do that. And, and that's why I like President Trump will come. That's why I like President Trump. He'll come directly to the American people and put it out there, whether it's through a video, whether it's through you know a, a tweet or something like that. He has no use for the media. He has no use for the media. And basically, whenever he does do, say, some sort of press conference or a stand-up as he's walking to uh, Marine Two or, or you know, at an event or what have you, he'll basically, basically daring them 
to go out and, and, and say that the president said something that, that he didn't say because he has video that's right there with him. He, he has everybody that, that can say, nope, he didn't say that, and here's the video uh, to prove it. So he basically dares them, and, and of course they don't like that. It's true. It's true. And the media, the media has yep. become a complete joke. I mean, our press has become oh, a complete absolutely. joke. Well, there's, it, there's, there's no media. There's no press anymore. It, 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 this, it, there's none of that. So we, we got to get away from this. You know, well, let's see what the news said. You know, the news is going to lie to you. You know, at this point, 80% of the time. You know, back back many years ago, maybe the 60s and earlier than that. You had you had the media, maybe that were on the left a little bit compa- compared to the times, if you will. But they gave you the facts, and, and if they, they gave you an opinion, they said my opinion is X Y Z. That way, you knew fact is 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 what they said here, and then they, said, they told me whenever they were giving their opinion, uh, it was this. You know, so that way you you could delineate fact from from opinion. Yeah, no, absolutely, I agree, I agree. Uh, Todd, uh, stay with us if you can. Uh, also, tell everybody where they can connect with you on social media. Yep. Again, again, yeah. If you uh, look at, at Todd for House T O D D number four H O U S E, and also you can uh, follow me on Facebook uh, by by punching punching in the same thing, and it'll, it'll take you to the Todd McKinley commentary. Uh, we'll, we'll go from there, and of course, uh, hopefully in the next couple of years, we'll we'll put everything together and run for uh, for, for office in uh, in 2022. And we'll. We'll make it happen at that point, but you know this year wasn't meant to be. And uh, but you know it is what it is. But we're we're going to move forward. We're going to get President Trump re- uh, reelected, and we're going to get some good Republicans and uh, some really common sense conservatives uh, elected to support him. Amen, amen. I love it. I love it. Well, well, Todd, thank you. Uh, stick around if you can. Yes, and, uh, a lot more to get into. Heck yeah. T- take care, Roy. Uh, I do want to introduce to the show we have U.S. congressional candidate from North Carolina and popular talk show host. Dr. Nasser, uh, how do I pronounce the last name? I just want to make sure I get it right. Yeah, it's Nasser, and the last name is Shake, like handshake. Perfect. Easy, uh, easy squeezy. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show, doctor. Uh, very happy to have you here. Um, fan of yours. I love everything you're doing. Um, you know, obviously, you've never been on before, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you, Rory. Appreciate uh, you know you having me on. Well, uh, here in North Carolina, uh, now when you said you know running for um, office, that was my first try. We had our primary, uh, you know, back in um, you know I think it was March second, and for some it was my very first uh, foray into the political you know arena. Although I've been very political with my talk show and my radio and your TV show as well, but I said you know what, let me go ahead and throw my hat in the ring, and you have to understand, North Carolina has got 13 districts, and District Number Four, Congressional District Four, has been owned literally by the Democrats. This is we're talking about Chapel Hill. Uh, we're talking about um, you know uh, the what they call the Research Triangle Park, and the person who's been in charge, or you know who's been on the Democrat side, his name is David Perdue. He's been there for over three decades. It is if you look at the Cook Power Political index it's like plus 16 17 democrats so first of all if you do come out of their primary you know you have a big uphill battle now at the very beginning i had absolutely no name recognition within the party or obviously within you know the um you know the area that was in other than you know my own neighborhood and colleagues and friends and um there were four people that were running uh, proud to say, basically came in third with about 15% of the vote. So for the first time out, 
um, you know, I was pretty satisfied with what happened, and I, a lot of people got to hear, uh, you know, who I was. And my biggest thing was that the first time, and, you know, you might want to be asking me some questions on this, is that um, I consider myself, like I said, I'm second-generation American. My parents came from India. Um, we are, uh, I tell people when they ask me, one of the big questions people said is, you know, you say you're an American, but you're also Muslim. So can you put those things together, and then you're running for political office? And I was the first, as far as I could tell, the first uh, candidate running for Congress on the Republican side who was, um, like I said, uh, a U.S. citizen, an American through and through, born, bred, and raised here in the United States of America, a huge, huge, huge Trump backer, and uh, the first, like I said, American Muslim who's running on the Republican side. Um, so that's a little background about me. Also, like I said, a medical doctor, more on the research side, but now, like I said, I've got a show like myself. It's an, it's I mean it's very impressive. So so tell me about your doctor background. Tell me about that a little bit. Okay, so after graduating from medical school, um, did some rotations over through the um, Yale affiliates in uh, New Haven, Connecticut, and I decided at that point I wanted to take instead of going um, the traditional route, I was thinking of you know doing something in research background, and there was a company actually down in Dallas, Texas, where some doctors had come and given some lectures um, at the university, and I happened to you know know some of these doctors, and one of them basically had said that we're looking at some pioneering studies on aloe vera, and the company at that time happened to be Mana Tech, Mana meaning you know food from heaven, and you know they put the tech after that, and they were looking at the ways of where they could actually um, derive aloe vera from the plant and stabilize it and then utilize it basically as a nutritional supplement helping people with various types of conditions. So this is this whole field of what they call integrative medicine where they're looking at traditional medicine along with the alternative medicine and basically trying to say, look, we know that in some, you know, you know, for example, look, if you break your, if you, if you break your leg, you know, we don't want somebody sprinkling herbs, okay, you know, on the break. You need to go see a doctor. You need to go, you know, have it checked out, get the x-rays done, go to an orthopedic, you know, and have everything done right. But there are, certain, there, there are many causes, there are many symptoms that occur, diseases, can be treated using alternative therapies as long as we're not talking about, you know, first do no harm. And the person's life isn't, um, you know, in danger. You know, let me give you an example. Right now, there's so many OBGYNs out there, obstetric gynecologist doctors, both male and female. And in their practice, a lot of times what they do is one of the big things is ERT or, you know, endocrine replacement therapy or estrogen, I'm sorry, estrogen replacement therapy. Now, if you're going to give a woman um, estrogen replacement therapy initially right off the bat, you're starting off with a drug protocol. Now, there may be some instances in which that is required, perhaps. Now, what would happen if you decided, you know what, why don't we try something homeopathic or naturopathic first and see? It's a quality of life issue. And let's see, and many OBGYNs now actually have a naturopathic doctor, a homeopathic doctor, either in-house, or they send their patients there first and say, you know what, let's try, would you be willing, and let the patient decide. Give the choice to the patient. It's a quality of life issue. So those are that's sort of a little bit of my background from there, a lot of research inside there. 
and then, like I said, is uh, the last, um, you know, five years, uh, you know, getting into the, um, you know, talk show and radio show, uh, and, you know, helped some people along the way, you know, saw me on some YouTube videos, and next thing you know, is, um, they asked me to do a couple of shows, and um, right now I'm with a group called the Conserve Commandos Radio Network. I love it. I love it. So I, I want to get your take. You know, you're a licensed doctor, and, you know, your your whole thoughts on this whole uh, very impressive, very impressive background, by the way. And um, I want to ask you this whole COVID nineteen situation. Don't you think it's way blown out of proportion? Uh, don't, don't you think it's just a, uh, a, a, a one of those things where you know other things are, are not getting the proper attention because the um, just because of how bad? I mean, look at look at the hospitals, look at the doctors, and look at the media. I mean. It's all anybody talks about, and, and, you know, people, whether it's people's cancer treatments or, uh, you know, people getting sickness from other stuff, it, it's like uh, they're not getting, you know, that care. Um, what are your thoughts, though? You know, you know, Rory, you're exactly right. Look, um, we can take some statistics out there. This is not to downplay, okay, the right. situation with the Wuhan virus, you know, this COVID-19, and, you know, the just to digress a little bit, I mean, this whole thing basically is that when you start talking and you name something, and then you have the alt-left, what I call the alt-left media, the left-stream media, you know, the Democratic State Party-controlled media, you know, they come down on you for being racist. I mean, were we racist when we talked about MERS, the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome? You know, were we, um, you know, are we being racist when we called it Ebola? Are we racist when we called it West Nile virus? Are we, right. you know, these are the things that the, the, that the alt-left does to steer right. away, you know, from the real situation. Right. Now, getting to this right. COVID-19 or this Wuhan virus. It all, it all, yeah, it all goes into that PC culture. You know, they, they create oh, those. Oh, absolutely. Those, yeah, those, those victim mentalities, you know. Everything has to be racist, you know. I mean, we call Chinese food that because it comes from China. Right. Same thing with the, China, same thing with the Chinese and, virus. We call Indian exactly. food that because Indian it comes food. from India. You know what I mean? I mean, it's very simple. I mean, Italian food, right. Yeah, right. Italian food, I mean, Italy. I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have, Ita- I, you know, I have friends, okay, Italian friends. So if I said, hey, if I'm coming to your house today, or we have an Italian, they're going to go, what? Because I'm Italian? You think we're going to have Italian food? That's being right. I mean, that's what happens. Now, here's what happens, though. If it's being said from the Democrat side or a liberal, yeah. Yeah. it gets glossed over. But if you happen to be a conservative – and you say it of a different, you know, skin color or skin tone or whatever, you know, they're going to come after you. I mean, just like they do with Clarence Thomas or, you know, uh, you know, uh, soul, Thomas soul. I mean, so these are the things, but getting back to what you were saying about the COVID virus, the Wuhan virus, look in 2017, 2018, here are some statistics. There were over, um, there were over 80,000 People in the United States of America, 80,000 Americans died in 2017 of the flu. Jeez. All right. You had over 900,000 hospitalizations. You had 124 children uh, under the age of two that died. Those are the statistics from the CDC. Every year, you've got 30, 40, 50, 60, 70,000, you know, people, American citizens that die of the flu. 
Now, yeah. they get, everyone gets, a lot of people get vaccinated. For some people, it works great. For others, it may lower the uh, amount of time they have the flu. And in others, it may work absolutely wonderful. Now, this problem with this, um, with the Wuhan virus, is that the infectivity of it they're feeling is that it is a great, it has a greater infectivity by droplet transmission than perhaps the, you know, the, the typical, you know, flu that's out there. Now, if we go back to 2009, uh, 2008, 2009, with H1N1 and, you know, the swine flu, there were over 61 million Americans. I'm not talking about the world war. 61 million Americans, okay, got the swine flu. There were over 16,000 people that died of the swine flu at that time. Those are just the medium numbers. And I didn't see this yeah. whole huge, you know, bureaucratic, you know, everything come to a standstill, you know, put everybody, you know, at social distancing. That wasn't going on. I mean, I'm trying to think about it. In fact, if you go back and if you go back on YouTube and you take a look around and when Obama put it in terms of where this was going to be the pandemic and but it was six months after the fact. I know Six it's months. You're, yeah, no, you're 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 at, no, you're absolutely right. No, I agree, and I, you know, I could I could I could discuss with this topic with you all day, and I want to get you back here very soon. Um, I, I do got to move on to the next guest. I, I do got a few more people, but tell everybody um, about your show and where they can connect with you. Well, thank you, Rory. Well, first of all, they can go to my website, which is www.dr. And then it's n a s i r s h a i k h dot com. So it's drnassershake dot com, or they can follow me on Twitter, which is simply at nassershakeshow at nassershakeshow, or they can go to Facebook, which is the nassershakeshow. That's the nassershakeshow, and they can find all the links, all my blog posts, all my articles, uh, times, cities, locations, all that. Uh, in terms of the radio and the TV show that's out in California. Perfect. I love it. I love it. Tell us about that TV show real quick before you go. Okay. So, yeah, so that's AUNTV. Uh, the website's AUN-TV.com. We're out in um, basically uh, nine stations out in Northern California right now. It was started by a couple of uh, conservative um, moguls out there, basically Dana Allen, and um, they were basically wanting to do something called, you know, have a, a conservative network. And it stands for America Uncensored News, basically, America Uncensored News TV. And we're hopefully going to be in uh, Reno, Carson City, and Nevada uh, this coming year. I love it. I love it. I love you guys keep growing and keep evolving. And uh, let's definitely make you a regular, man, because I like, I like having you on the show. And uh, let's talk about some other things here uh, uh, soon, but uh, we'll definitely get you back in the next week or two. Thanks so much, Rory. Appreciate it. Absolutely. I loved having you on. Thank you, sir. Take care. Bye-bye. All righty. I, I do want to welcome to the show. Um, I believe he's with us right now. I want to make sure, everybody, uh, bear with me. I'm looking at the phone lines. Um Let's see here. Make sure I have. I believe we have Will Chesney with us. Very popular guy. Um, 
Navy, retired Navy SEAL, um, you know, was involved with the Ben Laden raid, uh, has done a lot of amazing things, uh, received a silver star and a purple heart, uh, is, the, is, is one of the biggest patriots uh, in our country, putting his uh, blood, sweat, and tears on the line for, you know, our safety and our security. Uh, well, God bless him and, and welcome him to the show. Um, good to have you here, man. Will, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. How are you? I'm I'm doing very well, Will, and uh, it really is an honor. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Your first time on the show. Um, obviously, you know you have a a book out. Um, it's called No Ordinary Dog. Um, you know, obviously, uh, I, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, well, I actually, let's do a bio. Let, let's give give your bio first, and then I want to ask you some questions. Definitely. What a resume, though. Yeah, thank you. Um, a little bit about myself. I'm from Southeast Texas. Uh, pretty normal childhood. Um, football growing up. Uh, nothing too crazy. Joined the Navy when I was 17. And uh, left the boot camp fairly after high school. Worked with my father for a little bit. And uh, once I joined the Navy, I went through a little program called Basic Underwater Demolition Fuel Training, to BUDS. Uh, you have to go through that process in order to become a SEAL. So that was kind of a little bit about my background. I do that. And tell it, so tell us about the training. Tell us about how, you know, the, the day-to-day operations, you know, what, what they put you through and all that good stuff. I mean, I know it's, it's probably nonstop. Definitely nonstop. You have to prove that you want to be there for sure. Uh, just through BUDS alone, it's a six-month, seven-month selection process where, you know, you can quit at any time. Just that training is very intense. say it's one of the mil- hardest military training in the world, I would agree. Um, the training varied, though. Uh, we were always doing yeah. different things. So, uh, yeah. You're cutting out just a little bit. Okay. Now, I- try now. Yeah, way better, way better. So, so yeah, so, okay. so you actually went, you actually went through the SEAL training. Yeah, I went through buds, uh, but I didn't get injured or anything. So I made it through uh, no issues. Uh, made a lot of great friends along the way, and then I went to my field team. And you were in the special uh, warfare d- development group, um, and uh, you were 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 the dog handler. Uh, for, you know, a very um, hard job, uh, obviously a lot of training for that and, and, and knowing the, the curriculum and how, you know, everything op- is operated. But tell us about that, that position. I was uh, saying in the book, just, just how valuable these dogs are, kind of express it. Is, uh, I remember being in the team room once and somebody saying, raise your hand if a dog has ever saved your life. And almost everybody's hand in the team room went up with not just one story to tell, but probably multiple stories. So during my time uh, with my squadron, when I saw for firsthand just how valuable the dogs were and the amazing things that they could do, um, while you're seeing you have extra duties, uh, and dogs was what I was interested in, so that's what I was drawn to. Yeah, well, it's it's impressive, and you guys participated. You were involved uh, with your with your with with the dog. Uh, 
in the Operation Neptune Spear, which uh, killed bin Laden. Tell everybody about that story. And uh, uh, the phone was cutting out just a little bit a second ago. Uh, but I'll tell you, what a, what a crazy scenario, man. Tell us about that. Yeah, we were fortunate enough to be chosen for that mission. There's a lot of great guys that were on that mission. I I say I was just there to babysit the dog, basically. The dog's tool is uh, his biggest tool is his nose. So my job was to put Cairo in the best position to utilize his nose. And that night we were doing sweeps of the perimeter, uh, looking for any explosives, booby traps, any tunnels. Uh, once we were done doing the perimeter sweeps, we moved our way to the inside where we did sweeps looking for the same thing, any explosives, IDs. Uh, any, anywhere somebody might be hiding. Uh, once we were done doing our sleeps in there, we moved to extraction. We made it back to base, and I remember looking around. We accomplished the mission. Everybody was safe, and I got to do the whole thing with my dog. It was a great day I'll never forget. Amazing. So the dog led you to Bin Laden. He was there. He was a very valuable tool. He was there to detecting the explosives or anywhere somebody might be hiding. And, and pretty much Zero Dark Thirty, that movie. How much was that based around what what you you know dealt with? I mean, pretty accurate, right? I mean, you were there. I didn't watch that movie for a long time. The only time I the only reason I watched that movie is because uh, Chris Pratt was in it, and I love that guy. But great I think actor, the great conservative. Very, I like him too. He's a great man. So I've watched it. And I think he did a great job. But I think the Intel people did a very good job. And I don't know how accurate it is, but yes. So tell, so tell, tell us about this. So you're, 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 you, you're doing a lot of big things right now. I know you're helping veterans. Um, you know that have they're going through hard times. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, right now I'm just focusing on getting Cairo's story out there. Uh, it's a piece of history. It's very important to tell, uh, get the truth out there about him. He's a great dog. And it also brings attention to a lot of the other working dogs and the foundations that support those dogs. And yeah, The story tells a little bit about my personal issues and some of the TBI or traumatic brain injuries I suffered along with some other things. And uh, yeah, I'm still working on a few things myself, but wherever I needed them, I'm going to be plugged into here soon, hopefully. Yeah, and this book, this book is, you know, got a lot of great reviews. It's a bestseller. Um, tell everybody where they can find it and what they can kind of expect after reading it. What, what, what will they take away from it? That's a Navy Steel Marley and me. This is what I like to look at it. This is for anybody that wants to learn anything about the military or working dogs, about the Navy, a seal, being a seal. There's a lot of stuff you can see. Any animal lover. I think we'll get a lot out of the book. You should be able to find it in all bookstores or anywhere online. Amazon, anything. And, and where, do, where can people connect with you, uh, social media-wise? On social media, we're at No Ordinary Dog Book on Facebook and Instagram. Perfect. And, and one last question. I want to get you back, but I, I do got to let you run. But uh, how do you see the future of the Middle East? You you were over there. You experienced it firsthand. What do you see? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I haven't really been paying attention to the news lately. I've been pretty busy focusing on other issues. I don't know. We'll see what the we'll see what unfolds. No, absolutely. No, I hear you. I hear you. But uh, but Will, I want to thank you, buddy. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, God God bless your dog. 
Uh, God bless your heroic. Thank you for all you do for our country. God bless you as well. Have a great night. Thanks for having me on. You too. Take care. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show, I believe he's with us, we have U.S. congressional candidate from Michigan, Charles Langworthy. Charles, how are you? Good. Good. How are you? Doing very well, my friend. Uh, first time on the show. Very happy to have you here. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, I'm a constitutional patriot. I'm just an average uh, citizen that is sick and tired of seeing all the corruption that's going on and, and watching our constitutional rights have been uh, stripped from us for the, for the you know, the past 25 years. They've slowly been stripped from us until recently. They have been really accelerated uh, under this virus. Absolutely. Absolutely. What, what do you make of this whole, you know, corona situation? Obviously, very overdramatic, uh, lots of hysteria that's unnecessary. Uh, I'm sick of the fear-mongering. I'm sure you feel the same way. Oh, absolutely. This is nothing more than the, than the, than the final push for communism. Uh, they are, they've yeah. been, you know, we've been infiltrated by communists in our, in our government since the 50s. I mean, McCarthy, McCarthy kind of went about it the wrong way of showing it, but uh, he definitely was, was true about everything he had said and, and that we were being taken over. And, uh, you know, what, what's happened over the past three years is the American people have, have seen it and they've gotten sick of it and they've stood up and said, we're not going to take it anymore. And then they decided, well, we can't get rid of Trump through impeachment. We can't get rid of him through the media's lies. Well, we're going to crash the economy and we're going to cause life to be a living hell for everybody. And maybe that'll have the people turn on Trump, but it's not going to work. Uh, you're just you're just firing up the American spirit even stronger. Very true, very true. And you know, I I, I want to ask you, um, your your reason for probably running is you got tired of of these swamp creatures. You got tired of seeing what was going on in in D.C. and with our representatives and how they were putting their own special interests before ours. And you know, Trump has really created this opening and this route and this door. Uh, for for the outsiders, and uh, it's like never seen before, you know. The and I've said this, and I'll say it again. I think the days of the politician are are limited uh, for what's been exposed. You know, I I think more people want, uh, you know, whether that's left or right. You know, I think more people want uh, candidates that aren't affiliated with with the establishment. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely, because they failed us uh, on all levels. They've become ingrained. They've they've became beholden to special interest groups and power players, and the will of the American people has been tossed aside like 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 a sack of garbage, and we've been treated like that for a very long time. You know, they they seem to be putting money and power above everything else, and you know, it's time for just average Americans to get out and run and take off. I mean, that's, that's how it's supposed to be as average Americans running for office and, and getting in there and, and, and trying to do what's right for the people. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's been the elite class for the past hundred and some odd years, really. And it's just continuously gotten worse. Absolutely. No, 100%. You're absolutely right. And uh, for people that don't know, uh, you're running in the ninth district in Michigan. What areas does that cover exactly? 
That covers um, just north the north north of Detroit, the suburbs north of Detroit, and it covers southern Macomb and southeastern Oakland counties. And how many other people are running against you in the primary? Uh, just one. And do you like do you like your odds? Yes, considering my my opponent doesn't even live in the district. Uh, yes, I do. And what? So what about what about the your person you're running against? Is it a, uh, a a Democrat or a Republican that's in there right now? Oh, uh, I was talking about the primary, but uh, my but uh, my primary opponent doesn't live in the district. No, it's a it's a Democrat. This this district is uh, unique. Um, it it has been traditionally Democrat for the past hundred years. Well, you know, well, at, well, pretty much since after the after World War II. I mean, the the district itself isn't hasn't been around that long, but um, you know, it, it's highly independent now. There are lots and lots of independents, but of those independents, they tend to be uh, conservative independents that show no loyalty. They show that they're sick and tired of the two party system, but yet they are conservatives and they are patriots. Uh, right. There's still a good number of Democrats, but uh, not like it once was. Their, their stranglehold on this area is completely gone um, because people have seen the failed policies of the Democrat Party around here more than more than anywhere. Um, our jobs, you know, NAFTA totally destroyed our, our, our economy. You know, growing up here, um, everybody had a, their mom, their dad, their uncle, a brother, a cousin, a neighbor – Somebody they knew very close to them worked on the assembly lines. Now you got to go through two degrees of separation to find an, an acquaintance of a friend to find somebody who still works on the assembly line now. Right. And no, absolutely. And do you agree that Trump will win Michigan again in 2020? Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. Especially right? after Without what our governor has done. Oh, how do you explain her? I mean, that she is such a witch and just a complete communist, power-tripping slob. I can't stand her. I, I hate when Nobody she opens can. her damn mouth. Ma- I hate when she opens her damn mouth. She's a terrible human being. She has nothing but hatred and contempt for for anyone who does not communist agenda. Um. And and she is completely out to destroy and break the will of the American people to because in her hopes to have Democrat superiority, which is backfiring, and that's why she's not going to open up the economy. I mean, we, we were told that the lockdown was to prevent the hospitals from being overwhelmed. Okay. Well, mission accomplished because the hospitals were never overwhelmed in the first place. Nurses and doctors are being laid off. Hospitals are closing up. And yet you continue with the lockdown. And then and then for her to call all the protesters racist, you know, yeah, yeah, I did see a swastika there at the protest. Do you know what it was? It was somebody had a had a picture of, of Gretchen Whitmer in a in a Nazi brown shirt with a swastika armband. So technically she was right, there was a swastika there, but it was on a picture of her. Exactly. And and the way these Democrats can just say that's racist, that's racist, that's racist. I mean, it's like the word is so uh, it doesn't even mean anything anymore. It's so overused and uh, just taken out of the real context. No, no way. 
you know, it's it's silly. It's silly, silly. Uh, in terms of the future of Michigan, uh, how do you see it going down? Because I know you guys were pretty much one of the very first states to organize the back-to-work protests, and uh, every other state kind of carried after you guys. So I know you guys have been fighting you for your freedom for quite some time now. It's been, you know, she's really uh, been in the headlines these last few weeks. Well, you see, Michigan, uh, we we barely just got out of the last recession because the last recession hit Michigan and especially the ninth district very hard. Um, yeah. We are when, when the economy when the economy is not doing good, Michigan feels it the the hardest, and uh, yes. we are the last to recover. We never, I mean, as the economy was growing across the nation, um, you know, you could see things picking up here in the area, but right. But uh, on not on the same curve as the rest of the nation, um, right? You know, people. It's life still. Life was still hard here, even even under the great, well, such a wonderful economy. You know, people around here were like, "Yeah, it's better," but it's it's not what it is everywhere else. And you know, and that's why we understand here in Michigan that keep closing down the economy is the last thing we want to do because we all know what it's like to struggle here and you're going to make it hard for us again. Like, no, screw you. you uh, uh, I'm going to hold my tongue there. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're good. No, you're good. If, if you need to swear, it's, it's all, it's all good. Uh, we don't, we don't really have any censors or anything. Um, I do, I do want to make you a regular though. Let's definitely get you back here more often. I love having you on the show. Uh, tell everybody where they can get involved with your campaign um, all that good stuff, and um, let's try and get you back next week or the week after. All right, that sounds good. Yeah, I'd like to talk maybe about the Second Amendment and some of my ideas about repealing the NFA, the Brady Bill, the 68 Gun Control Act, instituting a nationwide that. constitutional carry. And also I would like to, to the federal government to sue every single state that oh, yeah. um, that, that has anti-gun legislature for the simple fact the Tenth Amendment um, allows uh, for the states to to create their own laws if it's not enumerated in the Constitution. Well, the Second Amendment's already been enumerated, so therefore they're in violation of it. So I'd love to talk about that. But you can check me out at www.langworthyforcongress.com, uh, my Facebook page at Langworthy for Congress, or my Twitter at LangworthyUS9. So I'd really appreciate some donations. You know, I know times are tough right now, but if people could spare, you know, five bucks or whatever, it would be really appreciative. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, God bless you, my friend, and we'll get you back soon. Uh, everybody, we're going to take a Thank quick Thank you, sir. God commercial. bless you. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, we'll take a quick commercial break, everybody. Uh, this is the Rory Sauter Show. We will be right back. Stay with us. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love like chicken, shrimp, and cheese just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street foods. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday's, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. 
My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Sodder Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 25 countries on 70 online platforms. Everybody, it's a beautiful night. I do want to go to... Uh, U.S. congressional candidate from Florida, uh, Eric Aglier. Eric, I'm sure you got a lot of thoughts, my friend. Go ahead. Oh, hey, how you doing, uh, Rory? Thank you so much. Uh, Eric Aguilar running for Congress in the Florida 4th District. And, man, a lot absolutely. of things going on, aren't they? Wow. Yeah, absolutely, my friend. So, so here, you know, in Florida, one of the things I mentioned before is that we had the Freedom Rallies on here to go ahead and open up Florida a little bit more and mostly what we're looking at is that the businesses, they're doing their thing, they're making sure people are safe because they're also safeguarding their employees. They don't want their employees, something to happen to them. And, you know, let's not forget also the, the virus. Again, there's a lot of things that are going on with the virus and a lot of information in there. But, you know, let's face it, this was engineered. This wasn't that something all of a sudden it just came out of nowhere. It was engineered, and it started going and causing a lot more trauma in our in the in the world really so we do need to go ahead and step back a little bit on there i know we have the news media out there 
saying all this other stuff. So I'm really glad that we got your shows and we got other people doing podcasting to go ahead and start saying more information about what's going on instead of being censored. I was on the news the other day and they asked me a couple of questions. And one of the questions was that they, um, they, they said that somebody, some people from New York are coming over here and they're saying that Florida is too loose. Well, I guess the person, the reporter that was asking me this question didn't really know that I actually grew up in New York. And I know how the situation is in New York. You know, you have a whole bunch of townhomes, everybody uh, where I lived, I lived in Brooklyn, East New York, and people share, in a way, roaches, they share rodents, they share some of the cats, you know, to chase them away. So diseases can go ahead and travel very quickly in those areas, and you sometimes will have five to 10,000 people in the block, right? And then here in Florida, we're so much spread out. It doesn't work out that way. So, and uh, the one thing that they just caught from me, the whole clip was, we need to open now. <laughs> that was the only thing in there after all my interview and all the information um, that came from there. So it's just very interesting how the news is able to go ahead and uh, create more of a business and, uh, and catch more like a fear mongering, like you mentioned. So you have well, to be I'm very careful and hope. Yeah, and hopefully people are out there, you know, remember, think for yourself. Think, look at the beat problem, you know, follow patterns. We learn fat patterns when we're in first grade. You know, follow all these patterns to try to go ahead and make sure that you can ensure your own safety so then that way you could go ahead and operate. And right now, the $3, million, uh, $3 trillion, excuse me, that they're calling the so-called HEROES Act, more debt, right? <laughs> That's all that we need in this country, more debt and then uh, more dependency. So where are we going to go from here? It's really well, the way I'm looking at it, Rory, we're looking at more of economic submission. And what I mean by economic submission is like, you know, think about it. I mean, if you ever owe money to somebody, how do you feel? Right? You may feel a little bit more in fear. You may not feel like you may be worth that much. Right? So right. you feel more belittled. And that's what we're heading to now if we don't get people to go back to work. Go ahead and have their independence. Go ahead and make their money. I know I've gone here to a couple of restaurants and the staff are like, oh, thank God we're open back up. I'm tired of being at home. I want to go to earn my own way. I don't want the check, the $1,200 check. It's not going to buy anything. Can't even pay some people's mortgages. So it's uh, very interesting how they're going to go. Yeah, and, and how is the climate? How is the culture? How is the uh, just the behavior and, and just kind of the environment? Uh, with how everything's going in Florida. I mean, uh, I know stuff is opening back up. I know you guys are doing the transition. Kind of speak on that a little bit. Yeah, so businesses here, they've been respectful. Even before we started to go ahead and open up, there were still some businesses that were open. Because if you go to Walmart, I don't know how it is in other areas, but here it's basically the free-for-all. People will still, still social distance a little bit, but you can still go in and crowd in a way, but you're still touching everything. People are not really wiping so much. But then again, you're having these big conglomerates open, but then you're killing off the small businesses because they can't open, right? So that is a huge problem. So Amazon kept having big numbers where they have over $70 billion in revenue. Walmart, they made $141 billion in revenue from the last quarter. And the small businesses are the ones that are getting crushed. And then they're taking a, they have to take a loan that they eventually have to go and pay back. And there's really no protection for them. And then that's yeah. only if the government will even pay back. So, you know, we have to follow a lot of the data and we got to look deep down on 
how is this going to go to impact us and how is it going to go to impact our children? And even when they say, you know, the great Obama, you know, worst president ever, and how he came out from a recession, but then he added more debt, but he never even paid off the debt. And Congress also didn't even move forward to paying off the debt. And, you know, that's one of the reasons where I just had enough. I was like, I need to run for Congress because this is crazy. How are they just voting on adding more debt, more debt, more debt with no pathway to go ahead and repay this debt? You know, it's insane. We're going to go into economic submission. And if you look at even the numbers, who owns our debt? Right now, Japan is is, uh, one of the top ones that own our debt. But then comes China right to close. They're only behind them by $200 billion. And remember, their government's totally different. That They could go ahead and basically send their people and starve them, but the money's in the central government there, so they could go ahead and buy a whole bunch of things. Different different ways that we do things, right? So they don't care about their people, but they will care to go ahead and try to take over others. So we got to be very careful. No, absolutely. No, very, very true. Very well said. And, you know, I want, I want you to stay on with us, but real quick, uh, I do got to get to the last person on the panel. Um, but I want to, I want to ask you, what do you see as the future, you know, in terms of the exposing of the swamp and the corruption? What do you see, well, you know, with the whole that, Flynn stuff? Oh, with, with Flynn, you know, that was going to go ahead and come out. I, I was in the military for right. 20 years in the Navy. And the things that I could go ahead and tell you that they just let it go, especially during the Obama administration, they let so many things go. We had to give, mm-hmm. in a way, illegal paraphernalia back to other countries after we caught them. These orders came in straight from Washington. It didn't come from our captain and our admirals. So sometimes we have to go ahead and follow these orders, and we have to give all this, these uh, things back to, to them. And then guess what? They end up in, ended up in the street. Basically, what we did is we just created a passage for these items to the United States. That is something that, of yeah, course, no. you're not going to see in the news, right? They're never going to tell you that. No, it's it's it, no. We're living we're living in crazy times, and and I, I definitely I want to make you a regular. Um, let's get you back here um, either again this week or next week. Uh, tell everybody again where they can connect with you on social media and your website. Yeah, so my website is Eric for Congress, E R I C K F O R, Congress dot com, and you find all the information, all the issues on there. And just just one more thought, Rory, just for people to go ahead and think about in your show. Think about how we're actually fighting now in it, around the world in the United States. Wars are not right. really the ones that are, that are on there. Now we got to think about is cyber wars and economic wars. So people need to go ahead and read up on that I, a little bit more because that's going to be the way of the future. We're going to be fighting. I agree. I agree 100%. Um, thank you so much. Um, always love your insight. Uh, Chris Carter, go ahead, buddy. I know you've you. got some thoughts. Hey, how's it going, buddy? Yeah, I've uh, been sitting here, and uh, what your listeners probably don't know is, as I'm listening to your show and all the informative guests and topics that you have, I'm actually writing, and I'm thinking about a headline, because right now I have an exclusive interview with Roger Stone that I've just started it. to release at 10-minute 10, 10 it's there's so much information there regarding what Roger has been through, what's currently happening with Obamagate, what's happening with China and Joe Biden. We cover it all. So I'd encourage your listeners to go to Livecast USA or on Twitter at Livecast USA or YouTube Livecast USA 
and you can see the full interviews there because there's so much I can't release it in one clip because nobody watches like an hour interview anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. No, well, it sounds, it sounds raw. It sounds to the point. It sounds great. Sounds really uh, like you uh, got a lot out of him and his stuff was put into proper perspective. Well, you know, I've interviewed him before. A lot of your listeners might know that I used to work at One America News Network in New York City. I covered the United Nations. Before that, I also worked at CNN for quite some time there as well, and I've also worked for the Fox News Channel. So I've done a lot of time in the media. Now I'm out on my own as a fully autonomous, completely independent journalist. And what I'm doing is I'm aligning myself with people like you who have big shows, big audiences, smart audiences, and I'm trying to build this platform to get these stories out because journalism now, it's just crap. It's just turned to complete shit. I mean all these people out here, when you listen to the people, you wonder how did they get into the White House? You know, I understand being we would say in the business, like, you know, a lot of the younger women get it because they're usually prettier, okay? We'd say, Oh, she's very mediagenic. That's how she's down at the White House. But if you look at someone like, say, Caitlin Collins on CNN, who's twenty eight years old, she doesn't really seem like she's been past the ice cream stand on her block, let alone interviewing the president live on TV like a snide little bitch. I hate to say it, but, I mean, give me a break here. Show some I can't stand that smelly twat. What a slob. <laughs> you know, and, and the nerve of them to think that they have the gall, the one Asian woman who was bitching at Trump the other day because she's Why kind are you, of Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. What, what an idiot. <laughs> what a dumb bimbo. Why are you directing that at me, sir? Is it because I'm Asian? I mean, all he said was, ask where the frickin' virus came from. China. I mean, the way they twist the narrative, it's, it's, it's funny. It's becoming comical because even people that don't like, you know, even people that want to believe CNN, I, I think a lot of them realize that this, this, like these scenarios are just, it goes nowhere. It's counterproductive, and it's, it's so freaking tedious and petty. Well, the veil's been lifted now through technology because of people like you who have an audience, people like me who have an audience. You know, I've done my time in the big mainstream media, and I can tell you, the people out there who are listening to this show who are smart and informed, they are more receptive to different ideas and more open than some of these closed, corrupt liberals. And don't even get me started about the United Nations and these foreign governments. I mean, some of the stuff I've seen there covering the Security Council and the way the, that the UN issues these press releases against Israel and all this anti-American crap. And you're thinking, we really should turn the UN into condos. Oh, I hate the UN. We need, you know what? We need to stop giving them so much attention. Uh, Trump has already defunded quite a bit. I don't know. If, I know he's done some defunding with them, but we need to just erase them. They are a disgrace. I think the Trump administration has defunded the U.N. to the tune of almost a billion and a half dollars. But also, more importantly, the statement was that the U.N. ambassador, I think, was now demoted to non-cabinet-level position. I covered Nikki Haley when she was there. She did a fabulous job, very strong. The U.S. um, presence there was well-respected. But when you see something like 
with a global pandemic breaking out, and then a few months ago, China, which they've been lobbying for this for about the past two years to get on the United Nations Human Rights Council, they finally let them on when they have done the most dastardly deed to the globe by releasing this virus on all of us. It's sick. It's it's the most it's the most disgusting thing on earth. I have about a minute left. I got to close the show, but tell everybody where right, they can excellent. connect with you. And by the way, I'm going to get you back here uh, Thursday, probably. If not Thursday, we'll get I, you back early next week. But uh, tell everybody where they can connect with you. Sure, I'd love to be on. Um, my platform is Livecast USA. My personal Twitter is at LiveCarter75. And I'm on Facebook, Livecast USA, and also Instagram, CC underscore Livecast USA, and YouTube as well, the channel, Livecast USA. I'm trying to build an organic audience, so go out there and like my Twitter handle because I like no Twitter followers, but it's kind of funny because the people who are are in my audience watch me. I love it. No, I love it. No, thank thank you, Chris. Um, Chris, and and you you and I will definitely talk in the next couple days. I got some ideas, so. Um, but thank you, man, for joining us. Always right, a pleasure. That's great. I've got the part two of the Roger Stone exclusive interview coming out tomorrow, so check that out. Will do. Will do. God bless. Everybody, uh, it's been a fantastic show tonight. I want to thank all my guests, my co-hosts, my sponsors, and audience. Uh, have a great night. I will see you all on Thursday. Stay safe. Stay responsible. Uh, I'm Rory Sodder. Mega, mega, mega. God bless, everybody. Much love. Cheers.